Imagine for a moment, if you will, if you never broke up with anybody. This means you would still be with the very first person that you ever dated. I, I certainly would not. <laughs> Turned my stomach. <laughs> right? <laughs> if you're happy with the same old ways of dating. If you enjoy sucking at communication. And you have no desire to improve your romantic life, then our podcast might not be for you. But if you want some out-of-the-box ideas to deepen your current relationships. Broaden your sexual horizons. Develop a better understanding of yourself. Or learn more about non-monogamy. Then you've come to the right place. I'm Jace. I'm Emily. And I'm Dedeker. And this is the Multi-Amory Podcast. On this episode of the Multi-Amory Podcast, we're talking about how to get over a relationship. This is yet another from the list of the top relationship search terms of 2017 from Google, is how to get over a relationship. And uh, we realized it's something that we've had some other episodes about breakups, but we haven't quite addressed this exactly, about specifically getting over a relationship. Um, And we did want to say that this is also, in this episode, we're going to focus on Uh, supporting your partners or your friends or other loved ones when they're going through a breakup as well and helping them to get over that. Um, So even if you're not currently trying to get over a relationship or expect to be doing that anytime soon, I know at least for me as a human being who has friends, (laughs) generally several times through the year at least, some of your friends or someone that you know or yourself is dealing with a breakup and having to get over a relationship. So I think this is something that is... Uh, you know, relevant to everyone in our lives. Yeah, definitely. And bear in mind that when we say getting over a relationship or getting over an ex, for instance, that that can look many different ways with many different results. I mean, I think the reason why we've talked about breakups but not really getting over things is because I think that when you're in the realm of non-traditional relationships, actually one of the good things is the fact that a relationship can change and transition and escalate or de-escalate without it having to be a harsh breakup where you never talk to them again and you nurse that wound for like years, um, which is Mm -hmm. usually how we expect to do it. I think in more traditional relationships. Um, However, just bear in mind that getting over a former partner can have many different end results. It could be a de-escalation and the getting over process is kind of like getting over what the relationship used to look like and then adjusting to what it is now. Um, It could be cutting someone out of your life. Like that's okay too. Or it could be trying to create a healthy co-parenting relationship with someone that you are raising a child with but who you don't have like a romantic or sexual connection with anymore Mm -hmm. um whatever it ends up looking like you know this kind of relationship transition can have a huge effect on your mind on your body on your emotions and so it is something definitely to you know regardless of what's actually happening in this transition to make sure that you're caring for yourself and being proactive and intentional about going about it And like Dudiger said, it's totally fine to potentially stay friends with your ex after the appropriate amount of time for you to fully get over that or for just some time to pass so that you're not super emotional about it or any of those things. And the three Mm -hmm. of us are obviously a great example of that. (laughs) Well, we're We're an example. Yeah. Well, might be blowing our horn horn too much to say we're a great example. I think we're pretty great. I think we're a pretty (laughs) awesome example because, again, you know, I've talked to some um, friends of mine who 
hate like all of their exes mm. and who can't who mm-hmm. don't understand like the concept of being friendly with an ex after a breakup because a breakup means like it ended horribly and that's the only reason that you would break up with someone and you never want to see them again right. and i think that the yeah. great thing about us or just about anyone in general who can be a friend afterwards is that like those people can still bring something amazing to your life even if you're not necessarily in a romantic partnership with them right actually i i was on the phone with a friend of mine just yesterday and he was asking about like so like what is it like like still working on the podcast with emily or like what is it like between jason and emily and he's like oh jason's in the room if you don't want to talk about it that's fine and i'm just like oh, like, <laughs> like it's like it's fine it's no big deal like we're still the emotional triad raising the podcast baby like right none of that's changed you know yeah i mean that said though and something that i think we'll we'll get into a little bit more through this episode is that in in that transition from one type of a relationship that like in emily in my case was living together as well as being in a romantic and sexual relationship with each other the transitioning from that to not living together and not having a sexual relationship anymore and also kind of sort of trying to figure out what level of like romance friendship whatever we had that was a difficult thing and that definitely took time and that is something that's going to come up a lot through this episode is just to understand that these things take time like emily I, we we talked about this and it seemed like it took us about six months yeah to, to I think settle that, in yeah yeah totally i think that it took that amount of time again just to sort of let i don't know it, the the really vulnerable like beginnings of leaving someone in that way or at least like de-escalating something in that way how Mm -hmm. vulnerable that time period is and i think just like a solid six months of kind of nursing our wounds a little bit and like having some time apart and then finally like coming back together and being like okay we can be cool now yeah but y'all were still recording a podcast during that time so i know we were i mean it's not (laughs) like we had no you know nothing ever we never talked to each other or anything but right but But still it wasn't as as intense maybe as like we are now where we're talking to each other like multiple times a week exactly yeah and that and there wasn't the level of comfort that we had Mm -hmm. before or that we have now um you know there's there is a transition period where it was just less comfortable because you're readjusting because you might be hurt about it still even if you think that it's the right thing to do. So anyway, just I just want everyone to keep that in mind as well, whether it's for yourself or for someone you care about, is that just saying like, oh, but we both agreed we're going to be friends, that just that in itself doesn't make that easy and it doesn't make that breakup not hurt necessarily. It's just to keep that in mind. And if it does hurt, that doesn't mean that it's doomed or that you can't ever be friends, but just give some respect to the fact that it's going to take some time. Yeah. We'll get more mm-hmm. into that. Yeah. In the meat of the episode. Yes. Um, and then the other thing we want to say is that it's also okay on the other extreme to not have any connection at all to an ex-partner or to keep someone who's toxic or destructive or just hurtful to you out of your life entirely. Mm-hmm. That and, and then also that they don't even have to be a bad person or like you don't have to have some jury decide that they're a toxic or destructive person in order to cut them off you're not obligated to be friends with anybody, right? That this is this is your life and your choice. You don't have to justify why you don't want to have someone in your life. They could be a perfectly good person, but for you, they have a negative effect on your life. That's also perfectly okay to 
be honest with yourself mm-hmm. about that and say, I just don't want them in my life. I don't have to tell everyone that they're a terrible person. I don't have to convince anyone that they're awful. I just don't need to have them in my life. That's also mm-hmm. okay. Yeah. So we have four specific pointers for you if you're listening and you're trying to get over or let go of a past relationship. Um, also, if you're trying to help a partner or a friend or a family member who may be also going through the same thing. So Emily, what is our yes. first one? Okay, so the very first one is going to be cut off contact. So specifically, this um, can it, this can kind of delve into if you feel like it's time to sort of de-escalate or if it's being awkward, if it's kind of getting awkward, like just trying to be friends, um, or if you realize that the relationship is toxic or volatile, then um, cut off contact for at least 10 days. Sort of see what it's like to be without that person for that period of time. Um, take 10 days off entirely from the relationship, and then after those 10 days, see where things lie. Yeah, I always toss out the 10 days to clients because I think it, it's kind of like, it's kind of in a sweet spot as far as amount of time goes where mm-hmm. it's not so long that it's super scary. It's not like take six months of where you're not going to talk to them, you know, because people- even one month. Because, yeah. you know, when you're still attached to somebody, it can really be like, huh, you know, that feels really scary, but it's mm-hmm. also not so short that it's like, oh, just take 24 hours and then get right back into the negative cycles that you're already in. Um, 10 days is a really good amount of time for being able to connect to yourself, to see who it is that you are when you're not, talking to this person when you're not staying connected to this person what feelings come up good bad in between things like that and this does include social media as well i have a Mm. lot of clients who will do the 10-day thing but spend the entire 10 days just creeping on their partner's social media right (laughs) Um, that does nothing good and trying to interpret like what does that mean what does this mean how could they do this why would they do that oh my goodness you know and it just makes it worse so it does include social media and i know a lot of people get really hesitant because they think oh i should be above that i shouldn't you know i don't want to come across as the petty ex who needs to block you and like if you need to just very simply say to this person hey like in this period of us not contacting each other i'm going to disconnect on social media and at the Mm -hmm. end of that time if we want to reconnect then we can um so that you don't come across as petty then do that but actually do it actually cut yourself off from their social media like actually do as much as you can to get that psychological distance away. Yes. And part of that is also um, don't rely on just your willpower alone to do that. That actually taking the initiative to either hide their posts on Facebook or block them. And of course, there's other social media as well. Maybe unfollow them on Snapchat or like whatever it is, right? Take those steps to do it because you might think right now while you're listening to this episode oh yeah yeah i just won't check their stuff it'll be fine or if i need to that's fine but i don't want to you know block them i'll be fine and then when it's later in the evening especially if you've had a drink or you're (laughs) tired right if you're in any kind of uh uh, you know quote weakened state your ability to have willpower and this is something that's scientifically proven this isn't just some mumbo jumbo i'm throwing out here your ability to make good decisions goes down your ability to do that does wear out during the day. And so that's when you're gonna end up at two in the morning checking their social media and and especially then also getting more upset about it. So really like take those proactive steps and say, I'm gonna do this, maybe even put a reminder in your calendar for 10 days from now to unblock them if you want, but like actually, actually take that step instead of just relying on willpower alone to do it. It's like that song, Need You Now. 
Do you remember Which that song? song? We yeah. sang that, Jace. Yeah, we karaoke. sang that at karaoke. That's uh, like exactly what this is. Is it about Snapchat? No, no. That's <laughs> yes. also, great. It's a country song, so it's about telephone calls. Uh, right. Yes, I know that song. Yeah, but yeah, they well, say, I like, I said, I, I, said I, I wouldn't you now. call, but I'm a little drunk and I need you now. Yeah, <sighs> yeah that's that kinda, right. Why do you guys sing ex- that? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It's it's fun to, like, duet to. I mean, I mean, it's beautiful. Whenever I've heard y'all sing it, it's beautiful, but it, it kind is, of a downer. It is surprisingly hard to find duets in general i think they're a little harder to find duets especially ones that have like good content because they're either like super you know i think sort of unhealthy ideas of what romance is (laughs) or they tend to be something like this that tend to be about fairly unhealthy relationships codependent relationships (laughs) yeah exactly well it's a country song what do you expect sorry but all of them though it's they're all like yeah it's not just country songs like any popular songs that's true I actually, you know what? I'm going to make a bold statement right now. I would actually say as a genre, I think country probably has more examples of some healthy relationship songs than a lot of other genres. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Maybe you're right. Real quick question. Do you want to take a five minute detour to give a mini lecture on which songs you think? (laughs) No, but I think that, but I think that country has a precedence for, um, because country songs tend to be a little less like angst ridden. You know, like a lot of other like pop and rock songs mm-hmm. are. It's sort of like, oh, I'm suffering so much or I'm mm-hmm. so like in pain, I'm going to sing this. That country does have those sorts of songs, but often there's sort of a more matter of fact approach to the lyrics in talking about a subject. And I think that actually leads to a lot of songs with a- at least a broader range of looking at what romance can be. And not to say that all of them are great by any stretch, because I'd say the music industry in general is full of terrible relationship models. Uh, but I would actually, I would actually say Emily that uh, I'd say country is actually probably a better genre than most in terms of finding some good examples. Well, folks, yeah, you I mean, heard it here at first. At least it puts itself out there. <laughs> what? <laughs> uh, can I bring us back? Yes, please. Yes, okay. you may, you may. Anyway, so this whole 10 day thing, um, people get really resistant to this, but remember like if you were really meant to stay connected in some way, whether that's you were meant to continue the relationship or meant to stay friends or meant to have each other in each other's lives, then that's going to last through 10 days of no contact. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If everything falls apart after 10 days of no contact and like there's just no way of salvaging it, then clearly right. there was not a good foundation there to begin with. And so, and I actually, I think that's probably why people are resistant to it is because mm-hmm. on a certain level, they so know well. that if we're not t- talking to each other for 10 days, like... This is not going to survive that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, or um, even, I think even realizing for themselves, and this can be a good thing for supporting a friend who's going through this, is they might be afraid to do it because they realize that if they're away from this person for 10 days, they're going to realize they don't need them so badly. I mean, possibly. And, the, you know, but, but I mean, like, no, I mean, the, they themselves will realize they don't need this other person mm-hmm. so badly, which will make it clear to them that they do need to end that relationship. I think, and I think mm-hmm. that idea scares a lot of I people. I think more people get afraid of the opposite. I think more people get afraid of like, if my partner's away from me for, t- for 10 days, they're going to realize that they don't need me. Certainly. Mm-hmm. I'm just and saying, I think, I think this happens, I think I think it happens yeah. the other way around more than you think. So there. Well, <laughs> them's fighting words. I know, right? So we just wanted to say real quick that jumping right into let's just be friends may just kind of make the sex hotter for a while, but not necessarily like fix a problem or 
Also, it, again, like we said before, you should probably take some time before becoming friends. Mm. Otherwise, mm. you may just like start becoming friends and then just keep having sex and keep doing your same yeah, toxic that's, things. Yeah, that's the, that's the in thing. Your relationship. Is that it's, it's like as soon as you know you're not supposed to be having sex at this time, <laughs> either like, oh, we're just friends or we're taking a break. Like, it is going to make the sex real hot for maybe like a week or two because mm. of the fact that you know you're not supposed to be doing it. I've definitely been there, done that. Oh, I've been there, done that too. For sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no We're all like, mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. So again, give yourself that time. If you actually want to be just friends, if that actually is your MO, take that time. Do it for yourself so that you can reconnect to yourself at the very least. And uh, yeah, if you make it through, I promise you, you're going to be a lot better because of it. Mm-hmm. And if you don't make it through, that's for the best. <laughs> that that Wait. relationship didn't last you know what i mean if if, it, if that relationship doesn't last the 10 days even oh, as friends yeah that's for the best yes you, you dodged a bullet there. you dodged a bullet yeah. yeah yeah okay what's our next one i think this is you oh it is me oh my goodness okay mm-hmm. yes yeah, so the next one is um to find therapy of some kind it can be professional one-on-one therapy you know, with an actual licensed psychotherapist or with a coach or some other kind of professional. Ideally, you know, if you're in a non-traditional relationship, um, good to find somebody who's friendly or knowledgeable about those sort of things mm-hmm. uh, as much as you can. Um, but of course, we understand that therapy is not always available or accessible or affordable to everybody. It is definitely a privilege. Um, but that doesn't mean that you're just screwed in this arena. There are many, many alternative options. Right. I mean, the first of those is some kind of a group therapy. Now, this could be still professional. This could be a group therapy that you pay for, or this could be, you know, some kind of a processing group or a discussion group if it, you know, if it lends itself toward that kind of support. Yeah. And this could be something that you do in person, or this could be something that you do online. Uh, such as, you know, there's lots of free Facebook groups out there in addition to our multi-emory Patreon group. If you're a Patreon supporter, a lot of people go there for support. Um, This is something that I found at uh, some polyamory discussions, if you can find those, um, that sometimes there will be either a certain section of the talk or maybe some time afterwards specifically for people who are seeking support or want to share more personal things rather than just kind of intellectual discussion about polyamory that's one option Um, if you're not in a polyamorous relationship if it is more monogamous it's much easier to find support groups for that Um, but either way that is really important to find people that you can talk to openly about it who are gonna you know support you in that whether they're strangers or friends or, or whatever. Yeah, I have a friend who's in therapy and in group therapy. Mm, like, mm-hmm. she does a little of both, so yeah. I think that's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, another way is to find a therapeutic activity, uh, something like that you can create with your hands or an artistic expression or creative writing. Um, I personally find yoga or exercising to be insanely therapeutic because it really takes you outside of your mind and puts you into your body in some way and kind of lets you let go uh, meditation which we didn't even put in here but that's another form of therapy as well yeah for sure yeah definitely yeah i think when i was researching this topic i found someone who kind of said like instead of paying like 200 300 400 for a month of therapy like i spent a hundred dollars on buying a canvas and a bunch of brushes and paint and then that was my mm. therapy like that's but i awesome. think the difference there being that she very intentionally went out and did something um, in order to 
prep for that. And I think that can be very helpful. Like this can be a time I think to pick up a new creative activity as well, like something to really take your mind and your focus off of it and something that you can kind of pour those emotions into, I think is also really helpful. Yeah, I've I've found that this also um this also really varies for me that I've had times where in a certain breakup or or getting over something difficult that you know something calm like meditation or something like writing has been really helpful but in other situations especially if emotionally for me I was a lot more like angry about it then something like going and working out or doing something very physical was much more beneficial for me whereas other times that wasn't as helpful so keep in mind too it's not just like oh I'll just google this real quick as apparently a lot of people have in 2017 <laughs> I'll just google this real quick and they say like uh, go you know run uh, like or go on hikes like okay I'll do that oh it didn't work uh, this is bullshit but like find the activity that's right for you mm-hmm. right and it yeah, might be one different size does not fit all right mm-hmm. it might be different from day to day and just don't be afraid to really like check in with yourself and see what what might help is it that oh, I feel really pent up physically I need to go get this out or is it more I need to occupy my mind mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and bear in mind that your partners and your friends and your family members, they can help with this. You know, if you need to vent, if you need to express, if you need to verbally process, um, you know, it can be great to go to someone that you trust or to go to a supportive partner in order to talk about these things, but just be mindful of what emotional labor is being given and received. Um, because basically it's, you know, they can be helpful, but only up to a certain point because you also don't want to be just completely draining your partner or your friends or your family members, yeah, making them into your therapist and not paying them <laughs> um, or not, you know, or not compensating or not like kind of, uh, you know, I don't know what the word is that I'm looking for, not returning the favor in any kind of way. Just be mindful of the fact that emotional labor is a thing. Go listen mm-hmm. to our episode on emotional labor. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. And don't be hesitant to like open up to your partners or friends or family members, but just be aware that that is a resource that that isn't necessarily a bottomless well. Certainly. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then also, I know I mentioned this a little bit earlier in the group therapy, but the multi-amory patron group has a lot of this kind of stuff, actually, because, you know, when you have a group of... Uh, you know, a couple hundred people, breakups are going to happen, unfortunately. But it's really great to have a space where people can share about that and say specifically, you know, I'm looking for support on this, or I'm looking for advice or other people's experiences or ideas. To have a space where you can talk about that, where someone isn't going to jump to, oh, well, that's what happens when you're polyamorous or mm-hmm. that's what happens when you try to do any kind of non-traditional relationship. See, instead of trying to like essentially blame you for it or blame your choices for that, it's just a place that you can share where people are like, I'm concerned about how you feel mm-hmm. and right, mm-hmm. giving you that kind of support first and foremost, rather than trying to sort of pathologize your relationships or something right, like that. Right. So that's a fantastic resource that a lot of people do take advantage of in the mm-hmm. multi-amory Patreon only Facebook group um, for the people there. And I think also, yeah. I know I've seen a number of posts in that group of people just sharing, like not even necessarily getting into the nitty-gritty details of what happened but just kind of giving a really simple version of what happened and just saying i'm just hurting like Mm, and i I just need support support and that's it you know and being able again like jace was saying to get people 
reaching out with that support and understanding and relating and virtual hugs mm-hmm. without it being about, well, we're going to dissect why you shouldn't have done what you did or yeah. whatever. Yeah. Yeah. It is Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. For a long time now, we've been fans of adamandeve.com for getting sex toys or lingerie or accessories, things like that. It's just a fantastic resource with a huge selection. And now not only do we have a fantastic offer, but we also have a promo code that will work on adammail.com and evestoys.com, which are their site specifically for LGBTQ audiences. And our code is fantastic. It's 50% off of almost any item in the store and free discreet shipping when you use our code MULTI. Yes, we love adamandeve.com and have for years. They are our oldest and longest sponsor, and they just keep on giving great gifts to us and to our listeners. You can bring more pleasure and satisfaction into your bedroom by going to adamandeve.com, adammail.com, or evestoys.com and select any one item. It can be, you know, an adventurous new toy, or anything you desire, something fun, something sexy, whatever sounds good. So just enter offer code MULTI at checkout and you'll get 50% off almost any item plus free shipping. That's MULTI, M-U-L-T-I at adamandeve.com, adammail.com or evestoys.com. This is an exclusive offer that is specific to this podcast and it's better than any offer that is currently available on their site. So again, use code MULTI to get you not just the 50% discount, but also the 100% free shipping. Code M-U-L-T-I. And uh, with that, we're going to move on to our next topic, which is, we called this Be a Negative Nancy. Mm. So mm-hmm. this one, I think, is surprising to to a lot of people um, that, that we would put this, something about being negative. But essentially what this is, is about remembering after you have broken up or you've ended a relationship, remembering why you did that, why you ended that relationship or why that relationship ended if it was mutual or whatever. Because when we do romanticize our past relationships that way, you know, it can lead us to perhaps, you know, doing the kind of uh, like yo-yo dating thing that I'm sure all of us have some friends who've done this where they're just constantly on again, off again. And you're just like, God, you guys are awful for each other. You're always miserable when you're together. I mean, you're happy for the first little bit when you get back together, but then it's shitty again. And not only that, that you're kind of together and not together, but other people will see, gosh, like this isn't like, you're not being productive in your life. You're constantly thinking about whether this is on again or off again, or if you should break up again or whatever, that often that can come because our human memories are not very good. <laughs> Some are more not good than others, speaking for myself, maybe. Uh, but human memory, human memory is very flawed. And so actually doing concrete reminders for yourself um, and really remembering the fact that this ended for a reason and just because I'm lonely doesn't mean that I should still be in that relationship. 
Yeah, and some of those boundaries or deal breakers um, might be good things to remember or just red flags that happened in your relationship, um, just violations of any kind. Again, if you're feeling like, well, you know, maybe it wasn't that bad, or if you're trying to figure out like, well, should I really break up with this person? I mean, if there's a consistent thing that's occurring in this relationship, um, like a deal breaker or like a red flag or anything, just a, yeah, huge differences in what your boundaries are or what your morals or viewpoints on the world are even, then it might be a good idea to remember those things and be concrete about them and maybe not staying in that relationship. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I mean, speaking of being concrete, it can be good to actually write these things out, like actually have a list of reasons why the relationship didn't work out or red flags that you missed early on. Um, uh, sex therapist Amy Levine actually recommends, you know, have that list in plain sight somewhere, you know, like keep it on your phone or put it next to your computer if you're always on Facebook and about to message your ex or check out your ex's social media or something like that. Um, and I mean, if it has to get extreme, then make it extreme. Like if you need to change the contact name in your phone of your ex to something specific, like this person called me a bitch in front of my friends, mm. um, then do that so that when you pull up, you know, your ex's like text messages to start messaging them, then you see that and you're like, Oh, oh, right. Right. <laughs> right. That was a thing that happened. Um, mm -hmm. And I, I mean, I feel so torn about this one because usually my MO in life is like, don't dwell on the negative and dwell on like the positives and move on, you know. But if you're at a point where you're finding yourself just like miserable and constantly drawn back to wanting to be back in this relationship or back with this ex who is not good for you, um, don't be afraid to dwell on the negative things. And Yeah, if there's to, a reoccurring offense, then yes. for sure. And to also, on top of that, congratulate yourself for not being exposed to those negative things anymore. Mm -hmm. well, you can kind of wrap it up in that, too. I think that's the great part, actually, about writing it down, is that I feel like you actually then don't have to think about it so much. And instead, it's there, like that idea of putting it in their contacts or somewhere that is in a place where you might you know, message them or start thinking like, oh, maybe I should get back together with them. Like maybe put it on a post-it note on a photo of them that you, you know, have in your room or like whatever it is, um, can actually help you to not have to be dwelling on that all the time. And it's not like you have to constantly walk around in a state of being mad at them or upset with them to keep yourself from dating them again. But but it's still there at the important times to remind you to be like, oh, right, yes, Go me. Yeah. I'm not in that situation anymore. I know what I did once. I don't remember if this was with an ex or with with someone I had a falling out with. Like, and this was when I had a desktop computer, and so I was going to Facebook and like social media more often through my mm. desktop. That Chrome had some kind of setting where, when you type in a URL, you can have it automatically redirect to a different one. Oh, and so, okay. or when you click on a particular URL. And so I set it so that if I ever went to that person's social media, it would redirect me to like Tiny Buddha, which is like a, a <laughs> Buddhist like Zen blog. Oh, wow. um, That's really smart. But you could, you could either do that mm -hmm. or you could have it set so that um, it redirects you like to a Google Doc where you have a list of all yeah. those things. Yeah, um, that's fantastic. Yeah, I don't know if you could, I'm sure there's some way you could do that in the mobile version as well to kind of cover yourself on all basis. But I don't know, for me, it really helped because mm. I would be like cranking and like, or sad or like want to go look at their social media right. and then it would redirect me to the blog and for a couple seconds, I'd be like, this is dumb. But then I'd be like, no, oh, but this is right. <laughs> <You know? laughs> 
Uh, I yeah, I, I mean, I think in the mobile app, you can't do something quite like that, unfortunately, mm. because it's all within the app instead of right. through a browser. Right. Um, but I do think this is potentially a good chance for, you know, unfollowing someone at least to remove that temptation of like seeing their posts that they're putting on social media, even if you're not going to block them entirely, because maybe you still are cordial sometimes or you need to coordinate about your children or about something financial or whatever. Um, that that's fine, but kind of taking away some of those temptations to just reminisce about that relationship or think about it or wish that you still had it, things like that. Mm -hmm. I think this one's also great if you're the friend who's supporting somebody through a breakup. That mm -hmm. this technique, mm -hmm. especially if you feel right. like you're the one who constantly has to like feel like shaking them and be like, no, remember that they were a jerk to you. <laughs> like, you don't want to be back in that relationship. If you're feeling like you're the one having to do that all the time, Perhaps you could be the one to suggest this idea of like, uh -huh. hey, I like that. Let me see their contact in your phone real quick. <laughs> Just make a quick list in here mm -hmm. of all of these reasons why you're not with them. Mm, yeah, could be a way lovely. to save yourself a little bit of emotional labor. Yeah, definitely, yeah. definitely. Now let's move on to our last one. Yeah, so the last one is going to be get outside of yourself. So you've grieved. You've had a lot of time to yourself, maybe. You've had time to kind of get over the death of this relationship or just the moving on from this relationship to something else entirely. But after that has happened, go out and be social. Maybe connect to family or friends or other partners or just like go be in a group of people, go to a meetup group, anything. Go mm -hmm. out dancing, something. Yeah, yeah. yeah, just be social and get outside of yourself again. Yeah, just, just something to get yourself outside of your own head and outside mm -hmm. of your own memories, because that's when we can have those moments of being much more, more vulnerable, right? It's like when we're by ourselves and we're feeling lonely mm -hmm. and we're feeling sad and we're pouring over the good memories of the relationship and how it could have gone differently and what I could have done differently, you know, and just, you know, of course, take care of yourself. And of course, you're going to go through a period where maybe like you are grieving and you are mourning and like, let yourself have those emotions. But also, you know, don't be afraid to let yourself go out and just focus on somebody else and on something else. Um, I'm going to bring up again my pay it forward technique. TM, TM, TM. 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 <laughs> um, <laughs> thank you for backing me up on that one. Uh, the technique of in the moments that you are feeling sad or feeling lonely or feeling like you're not being loved, go love on somebody. Like, Send someone Clarify a Clarify what that means. Okay, fine. It doesn't <laughs> have to him. be it doesn't have to be going on Tinder and finding a hookup. What I mean is like go through your phone, message someone you haven't messaged in a while, family member, friend, or another partner, um, you know, and just send them something positive and true mm -hmm. about them. Or or just ask them, Hey, I've been thinking about you and wanna know how you're doing. Just find some way to kind of do something very small to try to brighten somebody else's day or to to spark a little bit of a connection with someone else who's in your life already. Um, again, just for that purpose of getting you outside of yourself and getting you into a mode of wanting to give to somebody rather than focusing on the things that you're not receiving. Mm, yeah. yeah, that's great. Uh, and kind of in a, I guess a slightly similar way is to realize that there might be other ways of getting your needs met too. Um, this is something that comes up a lot <clears throat> Something that I realize happens if I'm feeling like that feeling of I'm desperate to find somebody to date. And I know that after a breakup, this can be especially hard um, if you're feeling alone more of the time, feeling this kind of like 
I need to date, right? This sense of need rather than just I want to. And that a lot of times we can help that by getting our needs met in other ways. And some ways to do this would be something like, for example, if it's touch that you need, finding a cuddle party. I know that some people might be like, yeah, I don't know, that seems weird. Sure, it might not be for you. Maybe you could send find a friend who's okay with cuddling, with cuddling right? Yeah. But there are also, even if you don't know anyone in your town, you might be able to go on meetup.com and find a cuddle party nearby, even if you have to drive a little ways to get to it. Or if it's more sexual, you could find a sex party in your area, right? That these are also some ways kind of kink or a dungeon or or something, right? Some way of getting those needs met. Um, or if it's more just social time, something like finding a group activity again through Meetup or through Facebook events, or you know, there's lots of other um, sort of social groups in most major cities, or just and get even your a lot of smaller together. ones. Right, or put your own together. Mm -hmm. Just create create the activity that you bit what be the activity you want to <laughs> you see want in the to world. See in the yeah. world, right? Create I don't know if that create the activity. Right, say hey, I'm putting together a hiking thing mm -hmm. or a a picnic or a board game day or whatever it is. Right, to realize that that you can be proactive about getting some of these needs met. And if you are in a situation where you do have multiple partners, and so maybe you're trying to get over a particular ex, but you're also still trying to maintain good relationships with other partners, um, you know, let yourself use that freed up time and energy that you were giving to this other person. And maybe it was a lot of energy that you were giving toward a toxic relationship or something like that. Um, mm -hmm. And just see like, what are the ways that you can kind of use that time and energy that's been freed up to invest more in each of your other relationships, even if it's just a little bit. Um, mm -hmm. Again, this is going to be after you've taken time to mourn and like to take care of yourself, but then it can be really, I, it's, I know I've at least found in my own life that it's amazing, like once you're no longer in a relationship that's taking up a lot of your emotional energy and emotional labor just to keep it afloat, how much you'll find yourself able to give to your other relationships once that's out of the picture. It really is quite, quite amazing. I, I think it's it's important to focus on the wording of this one too, mm -hmm. because it's about, you know, realizing this time and energy that you have more that you can give to your relationships. And similar to the pay it forward technique, that I think after a breakup for polyamorous people, there can be a strong temptation to sort of demand more from your other mm. partners as well mm. to try to get them to fill that gap. That's true. And this is a way of kind of turning that around because they, they're not magically going to have more time now just because you had a breakup, mm. right? Maybe they will, but usually that's not how it works. However, if you're the one who has more time and energy, you could find ways for you to give more to those relationships rather than focusing on wishing you got more from them now to fill that void. Yeah, definitely. So Jace kind of talked a couple sections ago about maybe not jumping right into a new relationship, but I will challenge that in saying that perhaps one could just go out on a date for going for the sake of going out on a date just to be like, hey, I want to remember that I'm desirable and that I'm an interesting, awesome person. I, for one, love going on first dates. I think they're awesome. Mm -hmm. It's really like fun to sort of walk into a place not knowing who you're going to find and then, you know, hey, like I get to be the best version of me for this, you know, small period of time. And that's really awesome. So it might be a good thing. Just, you know, it, be cautious because you're definitely going to be in a vulnerable state during this time. But if you want to just have 
you know, a good initial date with someone, then go for it. Yeah, I know for a long time, like Jace, you and I have talked about this concept of like, what would it be like if you approach someone like online, for instance, with the caveat of like, we're just going to go on a first date and that's going to be it. Right. And, and like, like, as in not as in like, like we're obligated to have sex or anything like that, mm-hmm. like whatsoever, like no expectations, like this is just going to be a first date just for the sake of having a first date. And that's it. Um, yeah. Like, I, I, I still really haven't, curi- tried, yeah, it. I haven't yeah. tried that either. I've been really curious about that because that's the thing is that it can be super, like it can be a great technique for getting you outside of yourself and getting mm-hmm. you focused on another person. Um, but especially if it's in this context of there being no expectations and you're not trying to make it into anything and you're not trying to use this person to like fix you or to make you feel mm-hmm. better. Like it literally is just, just to get outside and connect and then that's it. And if I come away with a new friend, that's great. And if I don't, that's also great and fine. Um, I'm really intrigued by the idea of doing that. Of course, like it can be tricky and it could you know, this is also how people sometimes get themselves into trouble, you know, kind of throwing themselves into something when they're trying to expect this other person to fix them or to make everything better and things like that. But yeah, if you can do it without that expectation, though, yeah. I think that it could be a really cool thing just yeah. to remember, like, hey, you're awesome. And it, being able right. to, like, see yes. yourself through somebody else's eyes, I think, is really empowering. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think being able to approach that from a place of not like needing something from them is is what can make that really powerful. Like we were talking about earlier about getting your needs met in other ways um, of not coming into a date being like, God, I really need this to at least end up in some cuddling, right? <laughs> or right, like finding some ways yeah, to meet that. So you're not, legs. right. So you're not going mm-hmm. into the date with this sense of kind of desperation and need. Um, but at the same time, still realizing, you know, this date, can be a great opportunity to, you know, show off the best parts of myself mm-hmm. and get to meet someone new. Right. And so I will yes and to Emily's uh, controversial <laughs> idea here. Uh, and this is about just getting into another relationship. Uh, and I wanted to bring this up because we found a research study about rebound relationships showing that they actually have a lot of positive effects such as boosted confidence, um, by giving you new emotions and thoughts to focus on instead of past negativity, et cetera. And that um, basically this study kind of showed that a lot of the sort of common wisdom about uh, about rebound relationships, meaning you know getting into another relationship shortly after another one, I think that six months was their window. I, I forget, forget what it was exactly. Yeah. Um, you know, people say, oh, don't do it. It's just going to be bad. Like those are always going to break up. And this study actually showed that that's not necessarily the case. Well, mm-hmm. I think the important thing to distinguish here is that the study didn't show like, oh no, rebound relationships, like they're more likely to succeed and last forever. Like it right. didn't show that. It more showed that actually the psychological impact was actually quite positive. Mm-hmm. I think even yeah. if the relationship itself didn't last you know, for, for a really long time. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the important distinction to make there. Um, well, it goes along with something we talk about a lot on this show of the idea that what makes a relationship good isn't just how long it lasts. Right, right. right? So I think if you look at rebound relationships in that way, like if you end up in another relationship, not coming to it with the expectation of like, okay, I'm just going to hop onto my next soulmate, right? <laughs> <laughs> you <Right>. know? <laughs> um, but understanding that, just, yeah, just understanding that that mm. may not necessarily be the case. Um, but my favorite part was the name of the article that published the study, and, and it was called Too Fast, Too Soon? Question mark. 
an empirical investigation into rebound relationships. Yeah, <laughs> it's a really good, really good title. Yeah, yeah. So um, far, so they're they're uh, con- from their conclusion. This is a quote from that. It says. Contrary to what is commonly believed about the need for a waiting period following the end of a relationship, we found that the, that beginning a new relationship quickly after a breakup seemed to have positive consequences. Mm-hmm. So again, not about even the quality of that relationship necessarily, but just that it has positive psychological, emotional consequences. Like that it did help people get over their initial breakup mm-hmm. and kind of come out the other side feeling a lot better yeah. than if yeah, they had but this. This specific um, study is also not necessarily about just hooking up. Mm-hmm. It's actually about dating and entering into a relationship with somebody new. Mm-hmm. And then right. this is interesting. Uh, people were more insecurely attached in their original or people who were more insecurely attached in their original relationship ended up having the greatest boost of confidence and psychological well-being in their rebound relationship. I wonder why that is. I think it's yeah. it's especially interesting cool. because, you know, when you two recorded that episode about attachment styles, that one of the sort of controversial things in that field is, you know, is your your attachment style something you're stuck with or is it something that you can change or that can change over time? And I think this is interesting to, that they showed specifically that people who had, you know, reported a more insecure attachment style with this previous relationship had the greatest improvement in this new relationship. So that is interesting to me, interesting evidence to show that circumstances also play a lot of role yeah. in attachment styles. It's not just something that you're stuck with in your life. Yeah, forever. maybe right. they just broke that habit of the old relationship and well, therefore they're better off in this new one. I don't know. I mean, quite possibly, like some of the theories in the study itself that they tossed out is they think that... Um, you know, because because like if someone's in a relationship and they're insecurely attached, and part of it is because they're wondering whether or not the relationship is going to end, that that can fuel some of that insecurity. But if this person gets through that breakup and there's no longer that question of like, is it going to end? Like it just it has ended, you know, right. or it's true this person is leaving you. That it's kind of like you take out that particular insecurity and maybe that leaves you more open to being able to embrace like the positivity that comes and reconnecting to someone new. That was I, one of their theories, but yeah, I, I mean, I think also just that if, if it's that feeling that I think many of us can relate to of like, I don't know how I'll get by if this relationship ended and then it ends and you didn't, Right, you you're die. still around. You didn't yeah. die. You're still here. That that even that is like, oh, huh, okay. <laughs> Maybe I didn't need to worry quite so much about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, we cool. We cool. Yeah. yeah. Um. As always, uh, just proceed with caution if you're mm-hmm. hopping into a rebound relationship. Um. You know, just always check in with what your expectations are. Um. And as we've said before about any time that you're in NRE or new relationship energy or limerence or, you know, whatever it is you want to call that big rush of passionate emotions and hormones uh, that get all cooked up in your brain when you're first falling in love with someone new, um, uh, don't sign anything in the first year. Really? It's simple. Don't Seriously. really. Don't don't get sign, married. Don't, don't get married. Don't sign, sign a marriage contract. Don't sign a don't lease sign together. A lease yeah. Don't even a sign house, a contract a for the same cell phone plan. Don't, don't buy a house together. Like don't, don't buy adopt, a TV together. Don't, 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 adopt, don't adopt. I was gonna say adopt an animal. But, oh, don't adopt an animal right. or a child. Or a child. <laughs> right. Don't adopt a child together. <laughs> right. Don't don't open a bank account together. Mm, like mm-hmm. just give that first year some time. Some time. Right. Yeah. If this really is the true love that you think it is. 
you're there'll still going to be that. in love. Yeah, there'll be that. time for you to do all you, those things. You don't Just need don't to rush. sign anything when you're still in NRE. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I might even argue longer than a year, but we'll we'll be generous yes. and we'll we'll give you a year. <laughs> uh, still very generous. <laughs> cool. So we wanted to do a quick little recap here of of what we talked about, and so the first thing is in getting over a breakup is to create some space to figure things out and how to you know reconnect with yourself. And to remember that if a relationship, like if you're trying to stay friends, if this relationship can't survive 10 days apart, then it's not one worth saving. Secondly, find support. Um, and that can mean professional support, friends or family, or just something that you do on your own that's awesome and mm -hmm. fun yeah. and enlightening. Um, yeah. And remember to be a negative Nancy. Remember that you broke up for a reason. Um, you can keep a list or a reference or some kind of document that you've written down to remind yourself of why you're no longer with this person if you find yourself starting to romanticize or idealize the relationship or this particular partner. Um, also get your focus outside yourself. So that means hobbies, um, hang out with friends, go to social events, or even start dating again. Yeah. So nobody likes having to go through a breakup, but it is an incredibly important part of the dating process. I just have a little exercise for, for both of you here and all of our listeners at home. Imagine for a moment, if you will, if you never broke up with anybody, this means you would still be with the very first person that you ever dated. Jeez. I, I certainly would not. <laughs> Turned my stomach. <laughs> right? <laughs> I certainly would not want that. And I think that so often, you know, we're taught that like dating is one thing and all the techniques and all the advice about dating is about how to make it last, how to get them to love you the most, how to get them to never want to leave you, blah, blah, blah. And then breakups are kind of seen as this like, but if everything fails and falls apart, then I guess you can break up. And I actually would make the argument that I think ending relationships is an equally important part of the dating process to starting relationships because of exactly what I said, right? We all have to do it. There's a very rare few people out there who stay with and are happy with, that's a big mm -hmm. caveat there, who mm -hmm. stay with and are happy with the very first person that they ever have a romantic relationship with. So just keep that in mind that that whether you're going through this or your friend is going through this, this isn't a failure. This is just a natural part of dating. It's an important part and it gives you opportunities to improve and have better relationships and get more clear on what it is that you want in your life. Yeah. Going clear. What? <laughs> that was that a Scientology <laughs> thing? Yes. <laughs> Gosh darn it. Jeez. Oh, God. Sorry, I don't. I don't mean. I don't mean that. I just mean get Gosh. clear on yourself. Oh man. Okay. Well. Well, with that, if you'd like to note, have your question or comment played on the show, you can call us at six seven eight M U L T I zero five, and you can leave us a voicemail or you can send us an audio message at the Multiamory Facebook page. You can email us at info at multiamory.com or you can send us a message on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram. To support our show and to join our private Facebook community, go to patreon.com slash multiamory. Multiamory is created and produced by Emily Matlack, Jace Lindgren, and me, Dedeker Winston. Our episodes are edited by Mauricio. Our social media wizard is Will McMillan. Our theme song is Forms I Know I Did by Josh and Anand from the Fractal Cave EP. The full transcript is available on this episode's page on multiamory.com. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. 
This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.